Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another podcast episode here on Sticks and Bones with your ghost host, Chelsea and Ten. And Pluto is also in the building. He is sitting next to me. But hi, son. How are you? I'm good, Chelsea. We got a little spooky ghost host today, Mr. Pluto. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's here for the spooky story and the haunted doll that's living in the house. So I'm sure he's thrilled. <laughs> he's just darn happy to be here. Um, I am. I'm really happy right now. Finally got everything situated. Dissertation is in. It is uploaded. I actually ordered like hard copies of my dissertation too. Good. So your girl, your girl made it. But um it's it's been an incredible week. Chelsea and I have been, you know, really working hard. And yeah, I'm really excited to talk just about some like fun things today, like omens and signs of death. You know, I think we're gonna be really like, I don't know, it's kind of like um some like really deeper questions and ponderings yes. today, you know, like a lot of ch- like deeper, like um what you do you believe? Theoretical thoughts, you know. These are yeah. like deep shower thoughts, you know, like when yes. you take like an everything shower and you have like those like eureka moments, like this is that right now. <laughs> yes. I actually come up with my best ideas in the shower. Um, I Same. am like, I am like a prophet when I'm in the shower. <laughs> I literally, I'm like, oh my God. And then I'll forget it two seconds later. So I've probably come up with like five different businesses <laughs> a million different books I can write, a million different things I want to do with my life. And then I leave the shower and I'm like, la la la. <laughs> I've always wanted like a shower whiteboard yes. to like write down my thought, my shower thoughts. I think that's a great idea because you're relaxed in the shower and things just come to you. So I feel like you're more likely to get like a, a like tub, a creative, a tub yes. whiteboard. I know, but then like, I don't want to be working in the tub. Like I don't want to be thinking really, but I am, you know? So it's kind of like a double-edged sword. Yeah. I want to be playing mermaids and not finding out the secrets of the universe, you know? (laughs) I know. Well, I don't want to congratulate you yet on your dissertation because you just submitted it. And I am a, you, you guys know me, I'm a superstitious fucking person and (laughs) I will not say shit until it is signed, sealed and delivered that you have nothing left that you, you need to do for this thing. So I'm not saying <laughs> I rescind my congratulations and tell me we, when it's we eagerly await the news. <laughs> we await the news. I'm so like that. Like, yeah, I talk about it all the time. Not even no, just I get it. Eye, but I won't even if something is not fully in writing and signed and agreed upon, I will not tell people it's happening because then it just gets messed up. So, you know mm-hmm. me, I I'm not ignoring the fact that you submitted your dissertation. I'm just like, great, cool. Keep it moving and let me know when it's final. Keep it going. Keep it going. Keep it going. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Bob's your uncle. We know what's happening. But yeah. like a little eyebrow wiggle like you did good. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, great, great, great. Good progress. Good progress. <laughs> let me know when it's official. <laughs> Exciting news. But, you know, <laughs> then we can celebrate. So. No, it is. Ex- it's an exciting step. It's an exciting next step in your journey. There it is. It's an exciting there it is. <laughs> There's got to be a loophole for that superstition somewhere. We're eagerly excited for you. We're not congratulating you. Have you heard the good news? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm super excited today to talk about omens and superstitions and all of the things. Um, but before we dive into the podcast episode today, because mm-hmm. I know a lot of you guys want to know about the haunted doll that I ordered and you're like, Chelsea, what the fuck do you do in your free time? Well, <laughs> I didn't order this doll for the reasons that you may think. It landed in my lap. <laughs> okay. Yeah. As a spooky ghost girl, these are just things that, you know, it is a canon event. If you want to be a spooky ghost girl, you too need a haunted doll. 
Yeah. Um, but first, once you bring up the Hades episode from two weeks ago, yeah, um, yeah. I think this is a great place to start because we are talking about, we're going to be talking about, you know, what the ancients believed, especially in their own omens and superstitions. But well, I think, yeah. I feel like Ted and I need to reiterate like our mission statement for this podcast because transparency, we did ruffle some people's feathers with the Hades episode. And yeah. I told y'all that was going to happen. We did. And I have a theory why it did. We have some shower thoughts on this. We've I I had time to think about it and mull over on it, and people are allowed to disagree with us. You you don't Absolutely. have to. We are not standing up here and being like, "This is the written word of the Lord." How dare you? Um, We're not up here singing gospel truth from the Hercules no. soundtrack. No, you come to us for the facts and archaeological information, and you're asking us candidly about our practice. And that is what we are going to give you. Now, whether you want to agree with archaeology or not is up to you. Um, And I'm getting on my soapbox a little bit because the Hades episode was based in archaeology and history. Yeah. Yeah, it was. (laughs) So I understand people don't like the way we spoke about him, but that is Hellenism. And that is what the ancients believed about him. Now, I'm not saying he's going to act that way towards you or things like that, but we cannot negate hellenic belief because that is the belief system you are entering correct and i mean it's it's history 101 history is going to be uncomfortable like geez and i think when you negate you know big kind of factors like that or you don't want to believe it follow through with it like yeah you know hades has duality like many of the other Hellenic and Greek gods do. But at the same time, when you negate, you know, the darker side or the sides that you don't really agree with, then you're kind of just kind of really erasing it. And if you are saying, oh, well, that archaeological evidence doesn't support that and there's no evidence of X, Y, Z when there is, then you kind of get into that weird part of academia when you're starting to fade and fill into like, pseudo history and mm-hmm. pseudo archaeology and then you kind of fall down that little rabbit hole into like ancient aliens um which is super, super harmful like yes. full send. and you know doing that you know i've i've had colleagues with ex-advisors who have told them you cannot publish certain things because it will negate what this professor had talked about before and it's like well that's that's academia. That's scholarship. You should be finding the new stuff, the most recent things, filling in the gaps of history. So if you don't want to believe in facts, I would ask yourself why. Right, right. And, you know, like I said, I think we need to reiterate. I know we want to get to the fun ghost host things today. Trust me. But I think, you know, for our listeners, we need to reiterate our mission statement. And our mission statement is always going to be coming to you with facts. That is why we have a professional archaeologist on here. Um, you know, a lot of what I do, anything that I do is based in a practice that is documented and that I can tell you where it comes from. Now, if I'm ever talking about my personal gnosis, which is a rare thing, um, I know when I talk about my spirit stories, that's a personal gnosis, that's a personal encounter. I don't mind doing that, yeah. but I'm not going to do that in Hellenism because that paints a really bad picture. That is not fact. So your UPG cannot outweigh archaeological facts. And I think that's a hard pill to swallow for people because a lot of us come from religious trauma. 
Um, so studying Hellenism and history and what the ancients believed can be a little bit uncomfortable because mm-hmm. they actually believed, okay, I'll take Apollo again because we're in Apollo stand account. They believed Apollo was causing plagues and were making sacrifices that you would not agree with in order for him to stop. So mm-hmm. we're not going to go into that today, but these are just things. It's not a fear mongering thing. It is history. It is their belief system. And I just wanted to kind of like clear the air around that. Um, and I, I feel like that's kind of hard to say that you disagree with when that is the belief of Hellenism. You know hey, what I you mean? Don't, you don't have to take all of it of like, but you have to take it into consideration. You don't have to go out there and practice, you know, if you're sick and yes. oh, I got to make this offering to Apollo. No, no, no. But you can't be like that story didn't happen. That offering at X site did not happen you know, when there is evidence for it. And, you know, as an archaeologist and art historian, to say that X didn't happen or that there's no evidence, an absence of evidence does not equal um, evidence of absence, right? It doesn't, they do not equal one and the same. So just with that, it's just, you know, really mindful to do that. But, you know, uh, I think it's really interesting to talk about it have it factually based but I love with you and your um paranormal stories like you are a professional psychic medium so you Mm -hmm. are taking professional experience into account which I would argue is different than which is different than UPG you know yes and personal gnosis gets a little tricky right um no one's negating like we're not negating anyone's personal gnosis on this podcast but you're listening to us because you want to learn about what the ancients believed and this concept of hellenism right like or anything like say we touch norse paganism right i'm we've been talking about the greek gods a lot so i'm talking about hellenism but even we dive into norse paganism no it may not be the way you experience something, but it doesn't mean that's not what the ancients believe. So we have to kind of separate the two a little bit and you cannot negate one over the other because that is not what you experience. So you cannot say that it's not true. Um, so I just wanted to kind of clear the air because I get it. I get it. I do. But once again, our mission statement is always going to be providing you with the truth, the evidence, the archaeology. Ted and I give sources um, mm-hmm. so you can go back and look yourself. And if you have any questions, you can email us at um, evoking.cmc at gmail.com. If you're like, oh, whatever, what is this, this and this, you know, we're not going to be your epicenter for a million sources. But if you're like, what was that thing you said on the episode? You know, we definitely can try to get back to you on that. So I just wanted to like clear the air because we're going to be talking about Aphrodite next and a bunch of other Greek gods. And man, it was weird because Hecate, we said a bunch of wild things, but the minute we came to Hades, it was like, how dare you grab your pitchforks and torches, ladies and gents. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but you know. Anyway, so we just wanted to reiterate once again, this is why we do this podcast. And if you don't like that, you don't have to listen to what we say. <laughs> you know what I mean? You could be like, you know what? No. You also don't have to agree with it. I mean, cool. I, Guys, not- I talked about the time I let a demon into my house and everyone was like, yay. <laughs> <laughs> you talk about how Hades was worshipped at a certain site in Greece. No, <laughs> you are wrong. <laughs> And once again, it's not me and 10 making these things up and saying it. It's documented because they found it. <laughs> like you like, can say, like you can say that the Christian God, uh, the big G upstairs is all loving and light. You know, I, I, I hope that, and I wish that, and I, you know, Jesus can do that too. Look at the old Testament. <laughs> Noah's Ark, man. Noah's Ark. That's all we're going to say about that. So 
we just wanted to, like I said, clear the air. And yeah, so I know a lot of people did enjoy the Hades episode, but for those of you that didn't, I'm not apologizing because this is our podcast. (laughs) So yeah, we're going to keep going. Anyway, today we are going to be talking about omen superstitions but first i feel like it's only necessary to talk about my haunted doll do you agree yes yeah we we have to i mean this is the next kind of development <laughs> of hot girl summer it's hobby girl doll summer, summer. <laughs> yes. okay so i feel like i need to explain myself i i would i would hope <laughs> i need to explain myself okay so y'all know i work with hikate and she i worship the the kathana heavily this is nothing new here Mm-hmm. Um, she is very much, uh, you know, rules over the restless dead. So a lot of what I do is I find rogue spirits and that is like what I do. I do a lot of death work. I've told you guys this before. I love talking to spirits. I want to know why they're still here. And that is the restless dead, right? People that haven't crossed over, haven't had proper burial rights, depending on your belief system. So I have a feeling and I will state, this is my personal gnosis. I have a feeling Hikate kind of threw this on my lap. So I had been seeing lately in the paranormal community, because y'all know I also am a paranormal investigator, professional psychic medium, seeing here, yada, yada. Um, <laughs> I've been seeing people really starting to like fear monger dolls that have spirits attached to them. And I want to say this because what I've learned from my great friend, Polka, if you haven't listened, <laughs> she is initiated into Santeria, um, part of ATR, African traditional yep. religion. Um, some ATRs, not some, most of the ATRs use dolls in their practice and attach spirits to them. That is something that they do heavily. That's and weird. I didn't know that. And I think that's mm-hmm. awesome. So I wonder, since a lot of people like to crucify hoodoo and voodoo and other ATRs, I wonder if that's where like this concept of haunted dolls being evil and bad and crazy is coming from, because it's something that an ATR practices and it's heavy in their practices. And I'm also thinking of like Annabelle, you know what I mean? I'm really thinking of like the damage Hollywood has done because like you get into like that universe of like Annabelle and was Annabelle the Warrens? Yeah. Well, they're, they're a whole, Uh, I want to do a whole episode. Oh, there we go. I mean, girl, (laughs) enough said girl. So I think the Warrens and Annabelle, as it was kind of documented as a study and how Hollywood further perpetuated it with like that whole haunted universe with like the nun annabelle all of that um i think kind of further pushed like the evil doll and chucky like yes that one so i think that kind of started it but like i don't know dolls to me like certain ones like are just kind of like "Mm, i don't really want you looking at me while i sleep (laughs) yes so back to my story and i get it because i talked about how like i had a curio of dolls when i was younger and my mom kept them in my room and they were creepy looking you know like no one's their beady eyes staring at you they weren't haunted it's just (laughs) dolls i received like porcelain dolls as a kid staring at me yeah you don't want those lifeless stares no but so i started seeing a lot of this content come up and like people being like this doll is possessed and you know zach baggins like it's possessed everybody (laughs) woohoo so i decided to take a trip onto the internet love it because i'm like are people buying and selling spirits on here what's going on because if so i'm gonna be pissed what is the spirit trade buying yeah is there like a black market for spirits over here because if so i'm like the fbi oh my god okay so i find and i'm not going to release the seller name that there is this one seller that actually practices binding spirits to dolls and sells Mm -hmm. them for paranormal purposes for people okay now, yeah. <laughs> I don't know the full story, 
is there consent happening? Where are you finding these spirits? Is there an actual spirit in here? So I am able to tell by looking at a listing, if there's a spirit attached to it, I can pick up on the energy. So the one that I purchased, which I know you're like, why would you support them? I had a feeling that the one that I was drawn to wanted to be released so badly and unbinded from the doll that I had to buy it. And y'all know I had done divination with my team. I have talked to the spirits and deities and ancestors that I work with. And this was something they really had been pushing me to do. So there was a reason why I was drawn to this doll. I get the doll. I get it yesterday. I literally (laughs) got it yesterday. Um, I have not opened the box out of request for the spirit that resides there. But when I tell you, I came home from working in the metaphysical store and I knew the energy was just off. I walked into my building and I was like, why is this, why is it spicy? (laughs) Why is it spicy? What is going on? And then I see the package outside of my door and I'm like, oh, is this the new tarot deck that I ordered? I opened it. I pick up the package and I'm like, oh my God, is this what I think it is? I see the spirit standing in my space. Okay. <laughs> and Pluto was looking at me like, what mom. the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> Intruder. Mother. Intruder, mom. I've been babysitting the spirit while you've been gone all day. Like, Where have you been? <laughs> Mother, help. <laughs> no, he, lo- he loves spirits. But, um, so there are some things I can say and things I cannot. I plan on unbinding uh, the spirit from the doll. It is a young girl. And I was very upset for her. Um, I'm not allowed to show the doll. I wish I could. I'll show you guys my proof of purchase if you don't believe me. But, like, <laughs> she really is adamant on me not showing the doll. She actually, she actually wants me to throw it away. Yeah. And she's been binded without consent. So um, I'm going to unbind her. And hopefully she can go find some peace. But also, I don't think all dolls are haunted. So I just want to say that too. I saw a lot of duds online that were like, this haunted paranormal doll will make you screech in the middle of the night. And I was like, nothing's attached to this. Nothing's attached, but it is creepy. So like, just because it's creepy does not mean it's haunted. Yes. But also keep in mind that like, just because someone has a spirit binded to a doll consensually doesn't mean it's a bad thing. Um. You know, because it's, I didn't know it was used in a lot of ATRs. Like they, that's what they do. And I, listen, yeah. I'm not the ATR professional, but Polka actually, I was talking to her today. I was letting mm-hmm. her know about my spirit doll. <laughs> and she gave me like a whole, answered all of my questions about ATR and dolls in the best nice. way she could because it's a closed practice. So I was like, that's so cool. I didn't know that. We'll have to have her back on for dolls. Yes. I think it's fascinating because of like the demonization of like haunted dolls. And like you said, I think it comes a lot from Annabelle and Chucky and things like that. But if it's a, a consent, which, you know, Poco is telling me, even in ATRs, they do divination to make sure everything's good before they go and do things. Um, yeah. No, that's really cool. It was really cool. And it made me kind of look at spirituality in a different way of like, yeah, why wouldn't you do that? That makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. So much sense. So you know, I hope I changed your opinion about haunted dolls because it was like trending on the internet. I'm like, for what? For what? For what purpose? For what purpose? But anyway, that is my story about the haunted doll, everybody. So there, I wasn't going to unbox it or anything because I don't have consent to do that. Yeah. We don't need to open it like a Pandora's box and everything. No. And I didn't even, yeah, I didn't even want to do that because I don't want to be one of those chuggy paranormal people online that's like, check out my haunted doll. Yeah. No, I, I got that. You know, so that's the story. Um, and yeah, that's basically it. So if I ever buy another haunted doll, I'll let y'all know. Love that. <laughs> Love that. But little, little um, ghost updates. What? 
little ghost updates little ghost host story update you don't have any ghost updates do you nah nah it's been pretty quiet here man <laughs> i know i was i was kidding with ten i was like, i want to bring the doll to your house and she was like don't you dare <laughs> the power of christ compels you does it jay <laughs> you know what's funny like I'm always trying to get Ten to do crazy paranormal things with me, and she just won't. Like, I'm like, can we do the Ouija board? And she's like, not in my house. I'm not doing the Ouija board. I'm like, Ten, what's going to happen to us? Ouija boards and dolls. I don't know if it's like a childhood fear of mine that's just carried over and gone into Jedi level (laughs) since being an adult. But, like, I will do anything else. I'll go stand in the dark, scary tunnel in the middle of the woods and be like, is anybody here? Like, I'll do that all day. I don't understand. (laughs) I don't understand. I've gone and laid in tombs and graves in Cyprus. Like that, I'm like, move over. I'm coming on in. Let's take a dirt nap. But Ouija boards, I gotta draw the But why? I want to do a Ouija board so bad for Halloween. I don't want to do it by myself. Not because I'm scared. I'll come over. (laughs) So you're just going to stand there and watch me like create a portal in the middle of my living room? Like, I'll hold Pluto Pluto and I'll be looking over around the door frame. Like, is it there? You got it? (laughs) He's going to be like, Aunt Ten, please adopt me from this woman. Um, but yeah, for Sawin season, I'm trying to get in the spirit and I really think I'm going to get a Ouija board. I have never used one appropriately, um, but you know, stay tuned. So that might be my next spooky, spooky ghost host thing. Love it. <laughs> anyway, shall we get into omens and death? And we're really just going to be talking about a whole bunch of things. Like, what do we think about death? Like, you don't already know. Do we believe you can know when you're going to die subconsciously? And like, what are some omens? Um, and I feel like it's a really good place to start by talking about banshees because yeah, why not? Let's dive on in. Yes, I had gone to Ireland, and um, if you're on Patreon, you know my whole Ireland story. I talk about my ancestor work there, um, how I got there, how my ancestors got me there, my relationship with On Morgan. We talked about her a little bit. So if you're interested, Patreon ten dollars a month. Um, ten and I don't do ads for the podcast, so I'm gonna do one for my Patreon. (laughs) (laughs) I always feel bad, and then I'm like. We actually don't do ads ever. So anyway, join Patreon. It's $10 a month. Um, and we're doing a new moon ritual with, well, it would have already been done. Never mind. <laughs> the new moon ritual with Aphrodite. We are filming on the day before the new moon. Yes. But anyway, let's talk about banshees because in Ireland, even though it's a super Catholic place, they still have their own folklore of the land, mm-hmm. some mythological creatures and figures, and the banshees are one of them. <clears throat> yes. And I found out some pretty interesting information on Banshees. Did you want to go first or you want me to go first? So I didn't get a chance to dive into it. So I'm super excited to kind of just take a back seat right now and listen to everything and take notes on Banshees and how I don't want to be there. (laughs) Yeah. So this is what I've learned and I'm no expert. Um, But depending on like the area in Ireland that you're from, you have different folklore, slightly (laughs) different folklore about a banshee. Like depending, you know, listen, the stories traveling over land, you know, things get picked up, things get lost, etc. You have regional traditions. Yes. And if you are from Ireland and you have a banshee story, email us at evoking.cmc at gmail.com. Or if you have a ghost story or if you need life advice, we will be doing the ghost host hotline at the end of the month. So um, we do like our roundup episode. But anyway, so banshees are... These creatures, they're, um, they mostly present as women and they have long hair and they're always known for like brushing their hair. Um, and they look particularly sh- creepy, um, yeah. very creepy. Some say they're like crone, like, you know, it's just not something you want to see in the middle of the night when you're looking outside your window. But what I found fascinating is that oh. 
banshees are a symbol of death coming. So if you were to see a banshee, it symbolizes that somebody is going to die in your household. Now, how would you know if there's a banshee and you're asleep in the middle of the night? Mm-hmm. So in some parts of Ireland, they say that you'll actually hear three knocks on your window and you'll go to the window and see the woman standing outside. Terrifying. No, don't get up. <laughs> yes. And then there's also this belief that certain family names in Ireland, like when I was there, O'Brien was like a huge family name. They had done so much for Ireland. They had like three or four types of castles. Um, they were very wealthy. There was like a few families that ran Ireland mm-hmm. during the days um, before they freed themselves from independence for independence. So if you had a very prominent family name, Banshee, you could hear the Banshee wail. So it depends on your family lineage, which I find fascinating. So only certain families could hear them. Only certain families can hear them wailing. (laughs) So that makes it even scarier where it's like these Banshees are kind of like attached to your family line and you can hear them screeching in the middle of the night. Immediately, no. Yeah. (laughs) So um, I thought that was very interesting. But another interesting thing was in Scotland, they also believe in the idea of a banshee, but they call it the washer, the washer of the Ford. I'm not sure if you ever heard of this story might be ringing a bell. If you are an Anne Morrigan worshiper, follower, read her folklore, Um, she is known at being the washer of the Ford. Mm -hmm. Um, There is a story of her being an older woman with a washboard and washing blood out of clothes. And she is an omen of death. A symbol of death herself, right? Yep. So I think this is where this folklore must stem from. And um, I cannot remember the username on Reddit. So my apologies. I don't want to seem like I'm not, I'm stealing the story, but I did find this on Reddit. Mm-hmm. And they were repeating this like folklore in Ireland, um, Scotland, that there was someone saw an older woman using a washboard in the Ford. And she had over 20 pieces of clothing that she was washing. And it was at like a weird time of night quiet no one was around mysterious cloaked woman (laughs) the next day a terrible accident had happened a few miles away and over 20 people had died nope and she had over 20 pieces of clothing that she was washing the blood out of oh my god (laughs) yeah so these are just some folklores um around the irish scottish area if I was wandering in the middle of the night, first, I would ask myself, why? Oh, why? Yes. And second, I'd be like, you know what? If I came across like the washer at the Ford or, you know, anything like that, I'd be like, you know what? Look at the time. I don't need to be here. I don't need to I be know. anywhere but here. Yes. And then there's also too, this also just came to my mind that um, in Irish folklore, they also believe that if you see combs like outside, like you're just in the woods and you find a comb, do not pick it up because it belongs to a banshee and she will come back looking for it. So if you're ever in Ireland and you're in the forest and you see a comb or a brush, you just leave that shit there. Leave it there and run. You saw nothing. Safety tip. Don't go into the forest. (laughs) That's another thing. (laughs) Safety tips all around. That's another thing. Like, do not just like wander off into the forest with no idea where you're going. Like if you're being called into the forest. No, you're not. No, you're not. (laughs) No, if you, you heard ain't. your name. You heard your name in the wind. No, you didn't. No, no, you did not. No, you did not. You said, mm-hmm. I didn't hear nothing. Use the buddy system, guys. Come on. I know. I am like dying to have somebody on from Appalachia to talk about Appalachian folklore because I've said it five times. I'm obsessed with that, that, old Appalachia. Terrifying out there. It's terrifying. I'm afraid to go. I'm afraid to visit because I don't want to know. I don't want to know anything. I don't want to know. 
<laughs> if I know that if I don't know, it's not real. <laughs> I know. Well, let me ask you this. Do you have any um, superstitions or omens around death? Like, is there anything for you that you would say? And it's okay if you don't. Like, some people just literally don't. Um, is there anything for you that, like, symbolizes death or you're like, that would make me think something's a brewing or happening? Um, not too much. Not, like, any, like, signs or, like, no superstitions about it. Um. But I think there's just, like, inherently, like, a knowing of, like, something, something's going to happen. And, you know, I think you can kind of tell or, like, it's really weird because it it hasn't happened to, like, everybody who's passed in my family. So I don't want to be like, oh, my God, it's a sign for me. Mm-hmm. But, like, there are, there have been a few times in the past where it's, like, you just look back and you're, like, there was a knowing. And you can't explain it. Yeah. So this, there. this was going to be my next question. and. I have my own experience with this too. Mm -hmm. Do you think people subconsciously know when they are going to die when it's really close to the time? Like they don't know in their brain, but I feel like they do things subconsciously. I feel like I'm leading the witness. (laughs) I'm just like, (laughs) your honor. (laughs) Um, Yes. I I would agree. I think that there's varying degrees of it. So it's not like every person is going to be like, ah, yes, let me check my box. This is what I'm experiencing. Today's the day. I think there's an inherent understanding of what you are experiencing. If let's say I'm an older individual and I know like, hey, things might be, you know, kind of coming to an end. I think you inherently know that either A, you're getting sick things are not going as they usually are. So you try and put on a front very differently for your family members, because I think at the end of the day, individuals going through this know that it's happening to them, but they do not want to put any burden on anybody else surrounding them. I agree. And I would say I had my own experience with this with my grandparents. Um, Mm -hmm. They both were very, very stubborn individuals that like would punch death in the face if it showed up at the door. Like they were (laughs) not going to a doctor for shit. They were not dying in no hospital. And if something was wrong with them, they didn't give a shit. You know, they were just (laughs) like that. Do you know that generation where they're just like, I ain't going to no fucking doctor. That's that's how my grandpa was. He's like, he tried to escape the hospital so many times. Like they would call my mom and be like, your, your father is once again, ripping the IVs off and trying to leave. And he's sick. Like he has pneumonia. <laughs> he was like, I'm going home. <laughs> An absolute mood. Cause who wants to be in the, uh, in yeah. The like hospital? at 82 years old, what do I care? You know what I mean? Like, whatever. <laughs> it's like, just let me live please. Yeah. So on both accounts of him and um, my grandmother, I believe they knew subconsciously, not in their like top consciousness where they were like actively thinking about it. I think they knew because on both accounts, they didn't even want to go for checkups. And like then a month later, they both had like passed. Mm -hmm. And I think that if we had brought them for the checkups, they would have been in the hospital for like a whole month. They would have not been able to be at home. And um, their deaths were quick at the end, which I totally loved for them. Like it was very peaceful. It wasn't painful. But I think that if they had made the decision to go to the hospital, I think death was coming for them anyway. So you really can't get out of that. Um, Can't change your fate, right? With death. But I think it would have made the process more painful for them of not being able to be home as for as long as they were. Because I think that kind of goes into like 
the question that goes around every so often, would you want to know when you were going to die? Absolutely and I think, not. I think at that point for anybody who's older, or like sick, and they're like, I know something's wrong, but I want to be with my family and everything. I think if your grandparents had gone in and had to be put in the hospital or anything, I think at that point, they're like, well, I know it's over, but I don't want yes. to have that. I want to be with and surrounded by love. Yeah. So I think subconsciously they knew. And actually what was even more eerie with my grandmother, and I've said this on the podcast before, but mm -hmm. I will repeat the story slightly. Um, my grandfather, who's already deceased, so her husband, he would come to me and be like, tell your dad to call your grandmother every day for like two months. Yeah. Anytime I saw my dad, he was like, tell your dad to call his mother. And you know, men, they don't really like check in as often as they should, like <laughs> not to make a generalized statement about men, but like, I just feel like they don't like, yes, they, they don't always think that way. And that's fine. Um, we got to remind the dads out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like remind your dad sometimes, you know, cause they're busy, they're doing shit. And sometimes I forget too, but it's a good reminder, you know, don't forget to call somebody you love. Yes. Um, not in like an eerie way, but you know, she always check in. So my mm -hmm. dad would call her for like two months straight and then she died and like i truly think my great my grandfather on the other side was knew she was gonna pass didn't mm -hmm. want my dad to feel guilty because he hadn't called her as much as he should have and encouraged yeah. him to do so and she would yes. always say to me because my dad would be like oh haha, jake on the other side is saying that i should call you and she would always be like does he know something that i don't like in a joking way mm -hmm. and he did so the joke was he did so he knew she was gonna pass yeah, I think it's also interesting that there, like, there's a, a thought, like, a belief, like, at least I prescribe to in my family that, you know, when somebody is, you know, in their final days and whatnot, I'm thinking of, like, my, my great-grandmother. I was lucky enough to know three of my great-grandmothers, but um, one of them, and I remember her, she was so sweet, I love her, but she, in her final days, um, my dad actually went to just go and, like, see her and talk to her. And he had to tell her, like, it's okay. Like, he had his dad, I yeah. think, coming with him. And he was like, you need to tell your mom, like, it's okay to go. You just gotta let go. You ha And I think a lot of people, like, hold on, like, whether it be at the final moments or anything, because they need that permission, you know? Yeah. To be like, it's okay. Like, let go. It's okay. Yeah, I agree with you. And I'm sure a lot of you listening have had your own experiences with, like, people passing. And, you know, we... I know it's morbid. I know this is a morbid conversation, but it is something that I do think about often of like, do people actually know? And because of what I've experienced with my own family, I 100% think subconsciously on some level they do if it's not mm -hmm. like a super tragic accident or like, you know, yeah. it's, you know, because I think my belief changes when it's like a tragic accident. Like, I don't think that person knew, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I've actually communicated with spirits that have died tragically and they were pissed. Like they were pissed they died when they did. Like they... You know, everyone thinks like when you cross over, you immediately come to some sort of peaceful understanding of why things happen to you. And that's just not the truth. No. Um, a lot of psychic mediums peddle that online. But, you know, from my own experience with I, I've dealt with very tragic events, um, they're at peace, but they also are upset that they can't be with their family in the physical. You know, oh, yeah. so some of them need time to like process those kinds of things. It's not to say that they're like the restless dead or they can't yeah. find peace. It's just. Sometimes they're like, damn, what the one day I was living the next day. I'm not right. Like, think about how you need to kind of like work through that on your, on your own. Yeah. Cause then you get in, into the topic of, you know, fate. So it's right. like, was it supposed to be sudden? And, you know, I just think of like the, the three fates from Greek mythology, like when they snap that cord, it's over. 
Yeah, I believe, um, and maybe this is because of my Hellenistic Hellenistic belief around death that you cannot escape it. No. And I don't even like to say escape it, but there's everybody has a time. And, you know, I think a lot of the times when people are grieving, um, I know my family in particular struggled with my grandmother's death because she had um she went to cardiac arrest by herself and like tried oh. to call 911 tried oh. to call one of my aunts who didn't pick up their phone in the middle of the night so like imagine the grief you must have as a person right like you think yeah. it's your fault mm -hmm. um and i truly think and maybe this there's a reason why i'm saying this you cannot control these things they pan out the way that they're supposed to happen yeah that was supposed to happen for a reason you know like death doesn't stop for anybody and it's not going to change no matter what you do correct that's my belief yeah, you can't you can't get out of it. And if you're like, oh, well, so and so tried to get out of it. I mean, they got punished for it, you know, in mythology. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, here we go. I'm going to ruffle some brothers 10. Ready? Hades, his wrath, anytime you see it is when you're trying to cheat death because you can't right? like can't do it. So um, I encourage you to read Greek mythology. Um, but anyway, so that is just like my beliefs on death and like, do you know, and actually in my own Italian folk practice, we do have a sign for mm -hmm. when death is coming, but I also want to imply too, it doesn't always mean like physical death. Like death can be many of things. Yeah. Yeah. I believe that, you know, like I don't always believe it's like someone's going to pass away. Um, except with the banshees, I think that's exclusively tied to like a person dying, yeah, um, but I think some things are up for interpretation, and I think this one might be one of them. And maybe some of you have experienced this. Uh oh, <laughs> so in Italian folk magic and our superstitions, dreams are a main way that the dead communicate with us. So we have certain things that mean certain things depending on your dream. So yes. I was doing some research around like omens, and I realized, like, oh my god, we have like our own. We have something. Yeah. Uh, look how cool we are. And I'm sure a lot of you out there have something too. Please feel free to let us know. Um, I'll probably add a Spotify question of like, what's an omen that you subscribe to? Like, let me know on Spotify. Yeah. I'll, I'll publish it. But in Italian folk magic, we believe that when your teeth are falling out in your dream, it means death is around the door. Uh, death is coming. So as a girl, as a girly pop who has had that dream. Yeah. Time and time again. It is the craziest dream to have. I hate having it, but I do believe when I'm still here, so it's not death, but <laughs> it's coming from the beyond. But I do think it comes at times of death in the sense of like transformation, ending cycles. Um, for me, a lot of it was, you know, crunch time with my dissertation. of Literally crunch time with your teeth. <laughs> no! <laughs> Of like graduation, like these hard dates, man, if I could have shown you guys my dreams, it was just a mouthful of teeth just <laughs> flopping around like a mouthful of marbles. It was, and you, you feel it in your dreams and ah, I hate it. <laughs> no, I've experienced that dream too. And I've literally woken up in the middle of the night scared and I had to check if my teeth were still intact because I'm like, I have to go to the dentist. It's expensive. I don't have time for this. <laughs> time to replace all my teeth. I know. No, but then like I remember it scared me so much. I looked before I even knew like there was an Italian superstition. I looked online and like a lot of psychologists say it has to do with stress. Like you just don't have control over things. So like your teeth just be falling out in your dream. So it all depends on what you believe. Talk about a whole lack of control. 
<laughs> no, that is a really crazy dream. And it's so funny that other people have had that dream. Cause it's like, why do we all have that dream? Who's doing that? Like, why is it had that dream? Why are we all having this dream? Like, and who said teeth falling out means this, where is it coming from? How is our psyche being like, you know what? Let's give her teeth falling out in her dream tonight. I know, but it's like, not just you. It's not just me. It's like most of the people in the world have had this dream. And like, we're all not talking to each other. Like, Hey, have you had this dream of your teeth falling out? Like we're all still here. (laughs) How is that? Like, these are the things I ponder. It's like, why is that a thing? Is that a universal fear? I think so. A lot of people, when I did that really quick Google search at 3 a.m. because I was scared for my life, you know, me, my freaking superstition ass self, I was like, great. Now, what does this mean? Because that was a clear sign. (laughs) But it came out of a time where I was going through a huge transformation. So I do think it symbolized death in its own way. Yeah. Oh, man, that, uh, that is a dream I hate to have. It's the worst dream ever. Like, can it be any more disgusting and scary? And you feel it. It's it's the fact that like you're so entrenched in your dream that you feel it. And I, oh, I know you gotta make sure you don't swallow it. Like, <laughs> and you feel the stabs from the roots. Blah. Can we also talk about really quickly how scary the tooth fairy is when you think about it? This like fae that comes in and collects your teeth when you're sleeping. No yeah. thanks. No thanks. I'll keep my tooths. I am not ever allowing any child of mine to have the tooth fairy. What no, is this? I'll exchange it. <laughs> You're not leaving your teeth from some for some fae to come into our home <laughs> what to next? take. Put it in a fairy circle. What? <laughs> like, where are you going with those teeth? That's some high-end currency. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. But um Oh my goodness. Yeah, the teeth, the tooth, teeth, the tooths, the teeth stream. <laughs> I just had like a brain fart. <laughs> It's real, man. It's a real thing. So that's another um, superstition. A lot of people, um, we're going to get to our listener Q&A in a second because a lot of y'all had some really great questions because you were yeah. excited. We were talking about something spooky. I know <laughs> we were going to do another mythological episode and me and Ten looked at each other and we were like, listen now, I think we need to talk about, do you know when you're going to die? <laughs> Hear me out. <laughs> Hear me out. <clears throat> Hear me out. Let's. I know you want to talk about Zeus. I raise you. Do you know when no. you're going to die? <laughs> I raise you um, some fun teeth dreams. A lot of people were asking us about birds as omens. Yes. And I don't actually fall under the belief that birds are omens because a lot of people say owls are omens. Hades is associated with owls. So anytime I see an owl, I'm like, hey, speaking <laughs> Hades. Yeah, birds are really interesting. And owls, so like screech owls are especially like specific to mm. certain certain instances happening in your life um you know for example ovid our good friend ovid he writes on screech owls being a sign of a vampire coming to haunt your children you know and- I'm, I'm over ovid can we just can him <laughs> and he gives you a, a a way to get rid of you know the vampire for your kid um but birds are also associated with you know taking of the auspices so if you want to do divination by birds you know it has a long ass history in rome uh it is going to be very up for debate for what it means to you um so you know for example in rome if uh depending on how many birds how low they are flying time of day all of that if they flew from left to right uh it was kind of a sign to close the market. If it was an ill-omened flight and ill-omened, I'm going to put in air quotes because it was up to the auger who read it that day. It was 
basically proposed that the Senate couldn't meet that day because it was a bad omen. And, you know, omens themselves, if you just Google a definition, it's such a vague definition. It literally is an event regarded as good or bad and may have prophetic significance. I mean, I feel like that definition makes sense, though, because omens... Yes. They're not written in stone for everybody. Like, yes, there's I just said an owl to me is not an omen, but I do know in some Native American tribes, mm-hmm. they actually see owls as a terrible omen. Yes. And I just do not apply to the same concept. So I feel like it is a vague thing because once again, it's all about what do you believe? Mm-hmm. And this goes back to the age old question of, is it actually a sign? And that's something only you're ever going to know. I know I get questions all the time. Like I saw a deer outside. Is it Artemis? I'm like, I don't know. Maybe you just saw a deer outside. I don't know. Maybe the deer, maybe you need to embrace more gracefulness in your life. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I could not tell you. So it, it really comes down to what do you think it means? And do you have kind of like a set? key or guideline for it because you have to have a guideline to measure from like you know for example with the ancients when they would read livers if it had certain things on it it meant certain things Mm -hmm. so you had to just match correlate and it was like okay Pliny says you know when they were doing something with uh, Augustus everything turned out great with the reading of the livers so that was a good omen and that his power was going to grow but they had something to compare it to so I think you, um, everybody out there needs to kind of come up with like your own little key. Yeah. Right. Or just get in touch with your own culture. And like, mm-hmm. like I said, um, Italian superstitions, it's very clear as day of what's an omen and what is not, what means good luck. Yeah. And it's usually the opposite. So this is really funny. Um, speaking <laughs> of like superstitions and like signs, if you dream in Italian and you subscribe to the Italian superstition, if you dream that you're covered in shit, it means a whole ton of money is coming your way. But if you dream about money, it means you're going to lose it. So it's like the complete opposite. Interesting. You would think it would be the other way around. Yeah. So yeah, if you have a dream that you're covered in like fecal matter, good for you. That's a great sign. Good for you. It's better than the teeth dream. And then this one, this one gets me every time. If you cross paths with a priest, it means something bad is going to god i know (laughs) so if you're just like walking around and you cross paths with a priest it's like well fuck man thanks father something bad's gonna happen to me oh my gosh i know a weird i don't know about weird but it's an hmm, it's an interesting omen if you will of in marriage traditions today there is the belief that the uh groom has to carry the bride over the threshold of the house That is a Roman omen because when the bride was coming from her family's house and she was paraded to her husband's new home with his family she'd be living with, if she were to walk into his house and trip, that was like, oh my God, an earth shattering bad omen. So to ensure that the bride wouldn't trip and you wouldn't have a bad omen, the groom would lift the bride over the threshold. I got a question. What happens if he trips? <laughs> I don't know. You just, I don't even know. You you best be going to like Capitoline Hill and making like the biggest offering ever, man. I don't I'm know. just thinking, I'm like, okay, okay, okay. okay. I would trip because I'm clumsy. But now I raise you this. What if he trips? 
I guess at that point it was meant to fucking be. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Shall we? Shall we go into the ghost host listener Q and A? I'm not gonna say the ghost host hotline because these were all from our Instagram account. Yeah. Let's let's go into it. All right. I'm gonna start with uh, a question I got straight off the bat. I'm I'm swinging swinging for the fences. Okie doke. Can people really become by- possessed by demons or spirits? Yes. Sure. Why not? Yes, they can. And um, I think it depends on what you mean by possession, because there is possession by will where some uh, cultures and belief systems actually can be possessed by spirits with consent. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, A lot of people do it in different practices. Um, It depends on what practice you have. Now, possession by not consent. Yeah, it definitely can happen. Does it happen as often as we think? No, no, it does not. No, it does not. I believe that. And it's not always a demon that's possessing somebody. It's not always El Diablo. But yes, spirit possession can happen. Um, I feel like you can... I mean, like, I feel like it happens to me when I channel just in a different way. Like, I'm not fully being possessed by somebody, but I definitely am being, like, merging myself with whoever I'm channeling. You know what I mean? I mean, I also just think of, like, the ancient, like, priestesses or oracles or anything like that. And you can make the argument for the same kind of possession term. Yeah, it's like, where what are we classifying as possession? I think I think we've stumbled upon a new rabbit hole. We have, and I think the term possession gets so demonized. Like, it's not always bad when you're being consensually possessed because you are, that's the kind of work that you do. Like, some people literally do that for a living. Yeah. I've seen um, mediums. They call themselves physical mediums where they actually get possessed by the other side and the spirit enters their body and that's how they communicate their message. And then the spirit leaves and the medium does not remember anything that they said. Wasn't that kind of how it was in the movie Ghost? I don't think I saw that movie. Patrick Swayze? I didn't see it. Is it a scary movie? I'm not a scary movie girl. It's not, I don't think it's that scary. It's actually kind of like sad. Oh, maybe I'll have to watch it. But yeah, <laughs> so there are different types of like possession, I would say. And if you haven't seen physical mediums, I look it up on YouTube. It's crazy. But mm-hmm. also why I say I feel like it happens to me is because I channel and I forget. So I'm like, I don't, it's not me. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm halfway there, but someone else is also halfway there. <laughs> and that is channeling. Um using your body as like a vessel to commune communicate a message, right? Yeah, conduit. A conduit, if you will. <laughs> conduit to the spirits. That's gonna be on my resume. All right. Um, how does it work when a spirit stays inside a doll? Is it roomy in there? I'm not joking. I'm, um, are you asking like if it's like a genie in the lamp situation? So the way that it works, because I've actually binded spirits before with their consent. Um, don't go doing this, by the way, please. I don't want to be the poster board for like encouraging people to do this. It takes a lot of learning and practice and trust. Okay. You got to build up trust with spirits. Um, sometimes it's an anchor into the physical so that they have somewhere to be. But the problem is you have to upkeep that. You can't just like tie spirit to something and say, bye-bye. Um, because what happens when you die? Is that spirit still tied there? Yes. Who's going to take care of it? You know, you kind of have to make a deal, a contract, if you will, um, Mm -hmm. why they're there. And it's just them. It's not so much them being tied to the actual object. It's to, to the space. Like they would be in your space. You know what I mean? Like, they're not, like, living inside of the doll. <laughs> That's roomy in here. I'm going to put a kitchen right here. <laughs> but, if like you, 
No, but if you were to take the doll and move elsewhere, they just come with you because they're attached to the doll. It's kind of like if you were to, I don't, this is the only thing I can think of, but it's not like this. Like put a, a, a leash, a chain on somebody and allow them to walk around house arrest. That's the best thing I can think of. <laughs> Wow, starting with leash and chain and going to house arrest. Was I'm like, not man, I, I don't know. That going. I don't know. I didn't know where I was going with it either. I'm trying to like create a picture in my head. Um, it's kind of like if you were to give someone a free chain to maneuver around your house. They can't go anywhere where the doll isn't. Makes sense. Interesting. Um, I only say this because I've been playing Witcher Three recently, and I have just finished a quest of defeating a noon race, who was a woman. <laughs> who I'm had... just taking side quests I just defeated a noon wraith a noon wraith I'm off of the main quest right now um and this woman was killed right before her wedding and noon wraiths usually appear as according to the witcher bestiary as women in like wedding gowns and so she was tied to this area because of her bracelet that fell down a well so she was tied there from an object yeah, she was binded to it. So you're bi- you're being binded to an object and you have a liminal you have limited space. Yes, she couldn't limited leave the space. area. Yeah, and like obviously if I were to take this doll and move somewhere else, the spirit has to forcibly come with me, right? Like because they're tied to the object. So if the object is moving, they're also moving with it. Yeah, that makes sense. If that makes sense. You yeah, you can kind of think of it as like a, a genie in a bottle, you know. I I freed her and I uh cuz she was terrorizing the villagers, so I got rid of I helped her. God damn those wraiths terrorizing the village. Damn wraiths. <laughs> this is a job for your ghost host. <laughs> I know. I was like, come on, Geralt, let's go snatch some ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's very funny. Um, do you want to take a question on your end? Yeah. So I got a really interesting question um that uh somebody had asked me, are we going to be talking about Cassandra style omens and this was really interesting because Cassandra we touched upon her briefly in the Apollo uh, and the oracles at Delphi episode but Cassandra was a priestess and a prophetess at Troy so she was giving prophecies not omens and I think that there's a huge difference between prophecies and omens as they are but they do have a lot of crossover and You know, from somebody who's studied, you know, uh, Delphic prophecies, Dodonna prophecies, you know, what are the oracles giving people? They are more statements. They can be very, very vague, but they also have bits of truth in there that you have to work through. And omens are more signs in a sense Mm -hmm. of, oh, it's going to be a good day or, oh, today's a great day for a wedding if you're an ancient person. And I think that's very different. So omens um can constantly change you know they're just signs of like yay or nay in a sense and prophecies are more like um oh the one i'm thinking of is the one from the uh persian invasion and it was oh pray to the winds because they will protect greece and ultimately the winds did protect greece but you had to kind of finagle that right i also feel like prophecies um can change depending on your action omens i feel like are already kind of set in stone of like this is a an omen to me is a warning like this is what this is and it's happening it's already something that's set in stone so prophecies to me can kind of change as someone who has received prophecies before they are not always correct people change people can change their mind 
Yes. You know what I mean? So I think this is important to note when you are doing a lot of psychic work, divination, it's not always set in stone because people can change their mind. So if someone changes their decision about something, it changes the outcome. Mm -hmm. This is why divination is so hard. That's why if you ever get readings and like you don't change anything and you go to the same reader and they give you the same reading, it's because you haven't changed anything. So it's going to remain the same. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I get that because like prophecies can change to like kind of help you. But then it's kind of like you get into the aspect of fate and like are things predetermined? Another rabbit hole to fall down into. You want to know my opinion on this? Sure. Yeah. 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 Let's go into it. (laughs) I have a lot of thoughts and this might be a longer episode than we normally do, but I just have some thoughts. I think things are predetermined for you, but I think our choices affect the final outcome. I think there is a start and there is an ending. I think the way that we get there, it either can be really hard if we're making the wrong decisions or if you're making the right decisions, it could be a little bit easier. Um, I think because like, maybe this is my perception of just like working with the divine and things like that. They're always going to give options for us. Our ancestors are always going to give us options. They're always going to give us advice on the best, on the best path. And because Mm -hmm. I read professionally, this is why I have this understanding. Uh I can give someone a reading and be like, this is the advice that I am giving you. It's your choice whether you do it or not. So what happens when you don't do it? It changes, right? And I feel like that ultimately changes the outcome of things for you. So do you think it's a butterfly effect? Yes. Okay. I do. I think like death, death is always the way that it's planned. The end, the beginning and the end is always the way that it's planned. But I think the middle of it, we really do have some sort of control over to a certain extent with our choices. Yeah. But those choices will affect others with the butterfly effect. Yes. And I feel like when you are working and and doing divination with your ancestors and spirits, they're able to see all of the choices. They're able to see. So I feel like you're like presented with a path and they're like, okay, here are, the, here are all your choices. I'm going to tell you what the best option is. It might be the hardest one, but it's going to get you the best outcome. And a lot of people sometimes don't take that advice. So then they wind up on a different path. But like, that was your choice, right? We're allowed to have choices yeah. and free will in that sense. Yeah, absolutely. So I that that's why I think because I read professionally, I have a different a different idea on fate and like what's fated and what can we actually change. I think that's the whole kind of thing I also agree with is how much of it is fate predetermined and how much of it do you have control but in a sense is that control already predetermined and then you just get into like this philosophical cycle of like what what came first yeah and I think this is also another belief really quickly I know we're like really (laughs) getting like existential out in here but it's a good thing to think about I don't think people want to be innately mean or evil I think they make choices that go down that rabbit hole like and I'm not talking about like serial killers I mean sometimes like when you are you know you're friends with somebody and then they do something like fucked up and then they take a really wrong path and you're like whoa where did the original plot of the story go like where what happened you were not like this like two years ago (laughs) and I think because people can make choices like you can make choices like I can make a choice like I either I'm going to heal myself or I'm going to continue to be a dick because Mm -hmm. I am lashing out on everybody. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? So that's like to me where you're presented a choice of like you can take the harder route and work on yourself or you can continue to be this person that you don't want to be. Yeah, because at that point it's it's an it's a choice. You have to physically yes. make that choice. Yes. And I yeah, I, I believe choices make that, but also like if somebody like turns into something or you know, if you're reading a book and the one that's sticking out to me is, you know, certain people who are said to be evil or something, it's they were made that way. Like they right. are a product of environment surrounding all of that kind of stuff. But at some point you do also make decisions. Right. It's like, I think about little kids, kids don't, kids are not born racist. You know what I mean? Like they grow up in environments that shape that behavior. So anyway, we can keep going with this, but we're saying the same thing. And I totally agree. I think we have choices that we have to make, especially as adults where we have to unlearn things, do different things, et cetera, to kind of change to a certain extent our reality. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> where are we going with this? I don't know. I feel that like that was a know, rabbit hole about fate, man. It was, but I think this comes from the pers- perspective because I read for people and you read for people and like, they're always presented a choice. My reading is not, you must do this. It's like, I'm telling you what they're saying. And if you don't want to take it, that's on you, man. You have to make the active decision. I'm not going to do right. it for you. No, I like that. I like that take. I think everything is an active choice. The end is going to be the same result, but- you yeah, might have to, to a, take. You might have to take the scenic route to get there. To a certain extent, I think we have choices. Okay. Yeah. Let's take one more question each. How do you feel about that? Um, that's kind of it for questions, but I will give you one other omen. Okay. Um. So someone was. I was getting a lot of questions about my site. I have talked about site a lot on the podcast but I will I will answer this when you get psychic visions and see spirits are you seeing them in your mind's eye or physically so um the mind's eye I feel like is a really dharmic belief um but I get what you're saying when you say mind's eye like I don't subscribe to third eyes because that's not um part of my belief system mm-hmm. it's not something that I practice um but I get what you're saying and no I do not see them physically with my physical eyeballs. Um, It is something that shows up in my brain, if that makes sense. So yes, if I were to subscribe to the belief of a third eye, just for visual purposes, Mm -hmm. yes, it shows up there, if that makes sense. Um, It's kind of like I'm seeing on two different realms. I'm seeing in the physical, but then I also can see into the spiritual and they really are combined for me. Yeah. So. Um, they kind of like look like holograms almost <laughs> depending on the day. Like sometimes my site's really good and I can see details, but if I'm tired or stressed, I can't see shit. Well, I can still see, I can feel, I can hear but it's not as good. It's not as 2020. No. So I hope that makes sense, but no, I'm not seeing it with my physical eyeballs. That'd be crazy. <laughs> that also would be terrifying. Like, I don't think I would want to see that clearly. <laughs> Could you imagine? No, that'd be terrifying. Okay, I think that was it for all the questions that I had. Um, yeah, that was basically it. Uh, there's a few in here, but I've we've addressed some of these on the episodes already. Um, so yeah. Anyway, did you want to go through your last omen? Last omen. Um, so I want your opinion on it. Um, I was looking online for like superstitions about certain things, and for an omen of either death or you know, big events taking place is comets. Comets. 
wow, that just unlocked a freaking memory. What was that comment that happened in like the 2000s? Everyone thought the world was going to freaking end. Let me look it up. What was that comment? It was like a world phenomenon. I remember being like little and my parents, we stayed up to watch the comet in the sky. And I I saw it. I Oh my God, Tanya, you unlocked a memory. Or was that like the, was it the Haley? Haley yes, comet? the Haley's comet. That's it. Oh my God. When did that happen? I'm looking it up. Hey. Haley's comet. Dude, I remember that. My mom took me up to her bedroom window and I watched the comet go by. So I did you because the I don't think it was this comet then. There oh, it's not Haley's comet. Maybe I heard about the Haley's comet. It was another comet that happened when I was like young. I'll look because the last time it showed up was 1986. Oh, maybe I'm a time traveler. <laughs> and the next time it'll be tw- uh 2061. So last big com- last known comet. Wow, that's crazy. There was what? a comet that was coming around. I swear. So there was one in 97. It's the uh, ha- Haley Bop, Halley Bop. That was it. Because I was, yeah. I was five. Oh, my God. I remember this. That's crazy. I know. The predicted next perihelion for the Haley's Comet is 2061. Yep. Damn, dude. I'm going to be old as shit. Will I even be here? <laughs> Anyway, what was your thing on comets? Oh, that that can like kind of like lead to superstitions or omens about, you know, somebody being born under the comet, anything like that. It could be a good sign. It could be a bad sign or can just create like superstitions around it, you know? Yeah, I don't really have anything associated with comets. I remember like we learned about it in school when this like comet was coming by because it doesn't happen often. Also, by the way, I looked. I'm going to be 69. Woohoo! When the next <laughs> Haley's Comet comes around. So nice. Nice. I better make a good ass wish. <laughs> I'll probably still be podcasting on Sticks and Bones being like, remember that? Well, first of all, people that are 69 are not that old. I don't know why I just did that. <laughs> remember that comet we talked about like 17,000 episodes ago? It's here, right? bitch. It's here. <laughs> Pitches get ready. It's time to go see the comet. If I'm still podcasting at 69, call the police. <laughs> um, the last one I wanted to talk about was doppelgangers because they are seen to be an omen of death in Germanic and English folklore. Yeah, these actually creep me out. The, I'm so happy I don't know this folklore for my own personal self. Like, I'm so happy it's not part of Italian folk culture because, girl. So doppelgangers, it, most of us know it as like it being basically somebody who looks like you, but in folklore, it can also be translated into the belief of like an evil twin, like a ghost apparition of yourself, anything like that. And we do have a few instances uh, recorded of people seeing their doppelganger and then passing away. So and we does have- the doppelganger take their place? So that's also a belief like- in the folklore of doppelgangers, there's like branches of beliefs of what they do, um, depending on like which one you prescribe to. So mm-hmm. there's some beliefs and horror stories on Reddit where, oh my God, Jesus, you just jumped on my lap and scared everybody. Oh, everybody would have just seen my face. It was just a silent scream being let out. Um, but some beliefs are that your doppelganger, so your evil twin, is actually out to kill you so that they can replace you. That's so nuts. 
I don't recommend reading Reddit stories about that because you'll have to sleep with the, uh, the lights on. Yeah, um, I and I think we've talked about doppelgangers before in a few um, past I episodes so. ago. So we have Catherine the Great who, who her and her servants saw her ghost doppelganger sitting on her throne in the middle of the night. And a few weeks later, she died of a stroke. That's scary. We also have Percy Shelley, and he writes about like a spiritual double in Prometheus Unbound, but he saw his double right before he died. And Abraham Lincoln saw his doppelganger three times before his death. How do we know this to be true? I, it's recorded. I don't know. Um, I know Mary Todd Lincoln talked about the fact that he came up to her a few times and said, you have to come see there's a okay. doppelganger or a double. And then when she came, it was gone. Yeah. I'm just asking. Cause I'm like, I don't want this to be real. Yeah. No, I don't want stories, this to be real. <laughs> doppelganger stories are nuts. Yeah. Don't look them up. Chelsea, don't look them up for your own. <laughs> oh dude, I would never, because I can't even watch scream because I will not sleep at night, but I will summon a haunted doll into my space and I will use a Ouija board, but will not watch any sort of horror movie ever ever and i've said that before on the podcast i won't do it so i think it's about balance man it's about balance i because i feel like when once again this control thing when it's spirits i have control when it's a movie i guess you do because you could just turn it off but <laughs> once you already see it i mean it's burned into my brain yeah and then you're never gonna sleep so yeah but anyway, I think that's it for today's episode. Back on the spooky ghost host train, which also is really fitting because Ten and I ask us if we've planned our Sawin Halloween collection. We have. We have because I don't want any more dreams where my teeth fall out because I'm stressed. <laughs> it is June 17th. Ask <laughs> us what we're offering in Halloween. We know. <laughs> and we were listening to a little bit of Halloween music. We couldn't go overboard this time because last year. Oh, my God. We got so sick of Halloween because we launched the collection in August and we're running around like the true Halloween pumpkins that we are. And then by the time October came, I was like, this is Halloween. Making <laughs> <Hey>, Christmas. <laughs> so um, we are working on taking our time, enjoying the season. But we do have the Venus collection launching on Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern time. This one is for all the people that want to just live their best life. All of the candles are blessed by Venus. We have the Enchantress candle, the Venusian candle coming out. They're absolutely gorgeous. The Venus oil. We have some tarot decks. Um, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Oracle decks that are coming out. And what else did I miss? I don't know, but I'm ready for it. It is um, goddess girl summer. Oh my God. The candles are gorgeous. I took one and it's on my, uh, Aphrodite altar with my siren candle and I'm going to light it before I go to sleep and just sing Lana Del Rey and go la 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 la. Salvatore. I just want to enchant someone to buy me ice cream. That's what we use oh, these yeah. candles for to convince people to buy us things. <laughs> to convince Kevin to get me uh chocolate ice cream. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. As yeah. And I think that these candles come at a really great time candles are not um since we are now into almost summer it's almost the summer solstice um i oh. know a lot of times it can be pretty stressful um i know a lot of times i struggle with my own body image in the summer but a good reminder is to look up some ancient goddess statues of venus and they're shown in all shapes and sizes so it's a good reminder that all bodies are good bodies this is true and that's a great place to leave us off on 
beautiful yeah. sentiment. But we hope you all have an amazing day. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and rate our podcast in the store. Share it with a loved one. Share it with a friend. Don't forget to check out the Coastal Collection that's already launched. The Venus Collection's launching Wednesday. The Wednesday after that, we have mm-hmm. Apollon's collection that's coming with altar boxes and a channeled message from him. So I know a lot of y'all are holding out for that one. And that one's <laughs> going to be sick. But we Thank hope you, you have an amazing day. Bye. Bye.